from magical movies. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. To unforgettable adventures. Well, once there was a princess. I'm an outlaw, that's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run. From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home. Do you want to build a snowman? Or ride a bike around the I don't care how you kill the little beast, but do it! And do it now! You can always count on something new from Disney. That's why they call me Thumper. Oh, the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stuff. Look, have I got it? The magic feather. Now you can fly. Ohana means family. Just a sec. Buzz, will you get up here and give me a hand? I'm taking you to someplace pretty special. You won't find him here. <laughs> the king has returned. Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glossin and Teresa Delgado. Hello and welcome to the most magical podcast in the Goliverse. Yes, on the internet, of course. This is Disney Vault Talk. My name is Steve Glosson, and I'm glad to be along with you all as we continue our journey through the animated films of Disney Animation, the what we call the enumerated ones, the numbered ones. And uh, have we got, listen, you're probably going to hear me gush. In a way, you've not heard me gush in a long time on this particular episode of Disney Vault Talk. Uh, we're going to talk Big Hero 6. Before we get to that, though, we've got to bring in the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know her best as the person who I forgot to pull up the entrance music that we've loved to have been doing lately for. Uh, that <laughs> and wouldn't you know it? The, you know her best as uh, this person. You know, that you I know talk her. Talk to sometimes. That's right. About you, Disney movies. You probably know her from such places as uh, the fangirls going rogue and the uh, the, uh, the the bookworms of the, Star Wars. The Star Wars bookworms and the music is just not going to get pulled up. And you probably know her from. Uh, other appearances on shows she's got 50 million podcasts ladies and gentlemen um and hi everybody yeah and she is the heart and soul of disney vault talk and um and and you really probably what you know her best is as the lovely the talented the powerful teresa delgado hello teresa hello <laughs> I, I forgot that we're doing entrance music again, and uh, and and then everything went real slow when I was trying to pull it up on this old computer, so I apologize. But hey, we plugged your other podcast. Hey, look at that! Yeah, so that's cool. This is like the slow clap moment. That's Yay. right. 
Yeah, you got to get some energy about you. Are you fired up? I'm almost. Hang okay. on. I wish All I right, wish now I, I'm ready. There Woo! you go. I wish I could just drop the the music out there and have some applause suddenly go, you know, like because it's you. You've stepped onto the stage. You're here. Right. You're the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. That's what I'm talking about. You're the lovely, the talented, the powerful. We haven't done this in a while. I know, right? It's good to be it's back. Like a month and a half or something crazy. Well, you know, you've you started school back up. You're... You started school and I just being really honest, I'm trying to be a good teacher, yeah. and I've been super focused on school. Well, that's good, though. That's what you need to be doing. Focus on your job. That's right. The thing that pays you money. Exactly. Focus on your career. <laughs> so, I've, I've really been doing that, and I've been trying to make sure I'm around for the kids, so I've been going to all our football games and stuff. So, yeah, I've been kind of busy. It's been interesting. I haven't been podcasting as much as normal-ish, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been reading a lot of Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I've, I've noticed. Did you, I saw you got your copy of the 40th uh, anniversary The from a certain point of view. Oh, I have. I'm so excited to jump into that. I, I started am. the first story, which is a story about uh, like the Tanta V4, right when Leia gets the plans in Rogue One, mm-hmm. but from the viewpoint of Captain Antilles. Oh, wow. So that's it. I'm... I'm still reading that one they're not very long stories but right. i literally just started well so. i've got it as well and i'm looking forward to jumping into that and um from from everything that i've read and seen from it I, it's probably going to merit some random readings on geek out loud like we do with trading cards and other things so oh, um, that'll be fun. oh i love i i'm looking forward to it i really truly am um so yeah but you've also you guys have reviewed some books, haven't you? Do you read the Leia book yet? I am reading it right now. I am doing the audio book, and I saw... Let's see. Let's see. What am I actually trying to say? I'm not seeing. I, that's not what I was trying to say. It's about almost 10 hours mm-hmm. of an audio book, and I only have 5 hours and 45 minutes left. Oh, nice. Well... And the, this has only been a couple of days. I am plowing through this thing. It is so good. I've heard good things. I've heard really good things. And I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything or reveal anything, but I do have to say there's a character that just showed up that I was like, what? So... In a good way. Okay. It's like, oh my gosh. So, yeah, I mean, and Claudia Gray is just amazing, so... I, I've never been a huge Leia fan. Not that I don't like her. Hmm. Just out of all of the girls, I like Leia. I think she's cool, but I've never been, like, attached to her, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. To me, she's always just been Leia, you know? Like, okay, yeah, Princess Leia. I've always been more of a Padme girl, but this book and the kind of information that I'm getting about Leia is actually making me become a really big fan of her oh nice well now what what about old phasma have you read have you gotten that book i have i have it i haven't read it yet Mm -hmm. i read inferno squad first i just finished that that is a great book oh yeah 
Yes. Inferno Squad was very good. I was afraid it was going to be super military, and it wasn't. So this is Star Wars Battlefront Inferno Squad. I really, really liked it. Okay. So there's your, there's just some recommendations from Teresa if you're looking into getting into some Star Wars book type stuff going on. Now, Teresa, are you feeling the school spirit? From my school? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Okay. So it's not just a job. Wings you're, up. Go Eagles. You're, Yay. you're getting the school spirit going. I'm trying. Yeah. I, I, it's easier when you work in athletics to have that, mm-hmm. you know, so you have to kind of like make sure you go to stuff in order to get the school spirit. And I have been making a valiant effort. Well, good. I, uh, I, I miss, that's one thing I miss, I guess, about being involved in schools at all is, is having school spirit. I, I used to love to have school spirit. And that was the only thing I liked about school was having school spirit. But beyond that, um, I don't want to go, I don't want all the other stuff that goes along with it. So, you know, I'm just going to sacrifice school spirit for the sake of not having to be back in school in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Hmm. We believe that we will win. We believe that we will win. <laughs> <laughs> that's a straightforward little chant there. That's not, <laughs> that's, a, that's not a, I mean, that's not fancy at all. It just tells you what you believe. We believe we'll win. We do. We um, believe that we will win. <laughs> I like it. That's a, that's a that's a fancy one. That's a fancy one. Um, did I send you the picture? I did. Of of uh, of the Ewok Jedi. Yes, you did. Yes. Oh, that is an amazing little thing right there. Teresa, how much do we need an, a, a Jedi Ewok in Star we, Wars? We really need it. But if you're Aaron Goins, you'll say, no, we don't. Well, look, <laughs> Aaron... He doesn't think that an Ewok should even be a pilot. Which I argue that that see, and I think that Ewoks have the Force because of course they do. Because what's his name uses the Force to do medicine. Well, I don't know that he uses the Force. He uses a form of the Force, right? You talking about Logray? Yeah. No, I mean they do magic and stuff, but as Dave Filoni has made clear, that's not necessarily the Force. Okay. But for, for with in a in a nation of people in a in a in a creature in a in a species that live so closely intertwined with nature and stuff on their forest moon of indoor you would think that yes they could there's got to be some force sensitive ewoks out there somewhere totally absolutely and we know they're okay to fly because they have hang gliders and stuff so i i think we should have an ewok jedi I do too, and I and and that was brought to me by Derek's little girl, my friend Derek. His little girl had said he, she wanted to see an Ewok Jedi, and that got me thinking. And so, I reached out to our friend uh, Scott Henricks, who I said, "Could is this something you think you could imagine and do? And imagine and do it." He did, and it is fantastic. I love it so much. I was afraid. That he wasn't, he was going to make it in a Jedi hood and not have his little ears sticking up over it. But he, he was, I didn't have to tell him to do that. He just did it knowing, cause I should have trusted him and never worried about anything. And he did a fantastic job and, and we're going to get that to Derek's little girl and, you know, say, here you go. This is what you dreamed of. And it's been made a reality. Thanks to Scott. And I want to let everyone know that Scott is taking commissions right now. So if you want to reach out to Scott, um, I encourage you to do so. His uh he's got a he's got a website. It's uh scotthenricks.blogspot.com. 
and you can see his work there. Um, you can also uh, hit him up on Twitter at Sketch1027. Uh, he's also on Instagram at Sketch1027. Uh, so uh, hit him up and get in touch with him. And if you've got something, look, this is a guy that worked with Don Bluth for crying out loud. He he knows his stuff. He's a great artist and would be great to get uh, one of his pieces of work in your collection. And he's taking commissions right now. So uh, holler at him. Tell him, you, tell him that Disney Vault Talk sent you. And... Um, we believe that Scott can draw. We believe that Scott can draw. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. I love it. That's so good. At Sketch1027 on the Twitter and uh, the Instagram and, and put Scott to work. He needs, he, look, I, I, I'm not joking. He needs the work. So help him out. I'm sorry. I, and I said it wrong. Scott Henrik's art dot blogspot.com that's scott the way you would spell it and henrix is h-e-n-r-i-c-k-s art.blogspot.com scott henrick's art.blogspot.com and uh reach out to him and and commission him to do some work for you and and watch the watch the goodness roll in all right Teresa. we believe that scott can draw we believe that scott can draw <laughs> we believe that scott can win wait <clears throat> We believe it's time for mail. We believe it's time for mail. When you mail a letter, you can send it anywhere. On foot, by truck, by aeroplane, the postman gets it there. So write a letter to a friend, maybe she'll write you. No matter what, you always know the mail must go through. We need those letters. From General Lee, dear son, we're waiting for the Huns at the pass. It would mean a lot if you'd come and back us up. Oh, can you read this? There's no pictures. Then I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, ah, I'll smash it with a hammer. <laughs> we've got, we've got some emails. We've got to do an email, all, an all-email episode because... We're, I believe we have email. I, I believe we have email. I believe we cannot read. Wait, that's not right. Um, <laughs> I'll start here with our friend Cliff, who wrote in back in January, by the way. Don't tell him when it was. Well, Cliff has felt all alone and, and like completely ignored since, you know, January, and he thinks we hate him, but we just No, haven't... we don't. We love you. We're sorry. <laughs> we suck. And so Cliff, <laughs> Cliff says, we believe that we can suck. Wait, that's not, that doesn't sound right either. <laughs> Um, <laughs> baby mushroom. That's almost as bad as stupid. Swinimer. Um, oh, he's, Swinimer. He says, hi, Teresa and Steve. I just finished the latest episode of DVT and felt compelled to write this email. First of all, congratulations on another Goliverse Marathon. And we've got another one coming up in just a few months. What a wonderful way, what a, what a wonderful way to raise money for a great cause. However, I was stunned by your top 10 list of the best Disney television shows of all time. I'm not one to criticize or mock anyone's favorite anything, but I feel there was a sensational snubbing of two Disney shows in particular that hold a special place in many hearts. I understand Teresa may have been a bit too young to catch these shows in their prime, or perhaps Steve got into gummy berry juice himself right before making his list. Any kid of the 80s and early 90s would agree that Kids Incorporated and the Mickey Mouse Club must be included on any Disney TV list, period. These two shows were funny, hip, and captured the spirit of American youth like none other of the era. 
just take a look at some of the young entertainers that starred on them. Martika, Fergie, Renee Sands, Mario Lopez, Eric Balfour, Brittany Murphy, Shanice, Brian Poth, among others on Kids Incorporated, and the likes of Britney Spears, Ryan Gosling, Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, J.C. Chazes, Chazes, Carrie Russell, Dee Dee Magno, and Jennifer McGill were all Mouseketeers. With that being said, I'd like to include my own top ten list. Now, Teresa, are you familiar with Kids Incorporated? Yes. Are you really? Yes. I didn't realize that Kids Incorporated was a Disney vehicle. It is. Uh, I Okay, so I like Kids Incorporated. Mm-hmm. But I can't include Kids Incorporated on my list when... All, when I think about Kids Incorporated, all I see is like the opening and like vague memories of right. maybe some scenes. If I can't recall an episode of the show, I can't put it in my top ten. Do you remember the Kids Incorporated theme? Yeah. Would you I like, remember that. Would you like to sing us a few bars? No. Okay. Well, do you remember it? I sure do. It went Kids Incorporated K I D S. That's right, exactly. Yeah. It was like this. Everybody look around, hear the sound. Something special's gonna come your way. We've got something that is new, that is true. We've got something just for you today. And these kids, they did hit music for the time, as I recall, too. Like, it, it was almost like a kid's bop kind of thing going on. Yeah, Here, Jennifer Love Hewitt was on Kids Incorporated. Oh, really? I think so. Here's what Kids Incorporated meant to me. It meant that it wasn't quite time for cartoons yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> because when I, when I saw Kids Incorporated, it was like at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And I was like, I'm ready for cartoons. I'm not, I don't care about any of these girls. I don't care about any of this singing and dancing. I'm ready for cartoons. And I didn't realize it was a Disney thing. Uh, you know, it was good. It was a good show, but like, meh. And, and also, I do remember the new Mickey Mouse Club. I was a fan of it. Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Mouse Rock the House? Sure. Uh, That's how it went, right? I don't remember, actually. I, but I remember episodes of it. And I remember, like, their clubhouse and everything. And I did really like it. But, again, the shows I picked stood out more. Right. Right. Oh, my God, Steve. Hold on. Let me. This is okay, a terrible do quality. This first. This, is, this is how it always went off. I, I, they didn't get to the Mickey Mickey Mouse Rock the House. Anyhow. Steve. Yes. We were driving down the road. Mm-hmm. And out from behind this building. Yes. Comes a person walking. Dressed up like Bigfoot. What in the world? It was so random. Now, wait a I minute. I didn't see it. I saw it. Wait. I'm the only one who Hold saw on. it. It was so weird. Are you sure it was a person dressed up like Bigfoot? Ladies and gentlemen, we, we, we take a break in, in responding to this email to discuss a Bigfoot sighting in Austin, Texas. Are you, How do you know it was a person? 
Because it looked like it. Okay, you remember? You remember lazy Chewbacca? Yeah, like you talking about lethargic, kind of lethargic like Chewbacca? Walking like lazy. You talking about the guy who called me at my church the other day? He's like, "Hey, we got to get together for lunch." I was like, "Sure do, buddy." Yes. Yeah. Lazy Chewbacca. <laughs> lethargic Chewbacca. That's right. So he kind of walked like that. It looked like he was walking to his car. You, you think Bigfoot's got a driver's license? I'm not really sure. It was so weird. <laughs> I was like, Greg. There's a Yeti Bigfoot thing walking. Was it? Was he white? Or was it I, a brown Bigfoot? It was a brown Bigfoot. So that's not a Yeti. Yetis are white-furred. Well, you know, I'm just saying what I said in the yeah. car. Sasquatch would be more appropriate. The Sasquatch guy. Yeah, he came out from behind this, like, wooden building that's a, like, kind of motorcycle bar place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just, like, walking. So Sasquatch, oh. Sasquatch had been hanging out with all the motorcycle guys. At the bar, I yeah. think I think what you saw was a real Bigfoot. <laughs> but I remember going. I need to tell Steve about that. I I wish I wished you'd have gotten a picture. <laughs> Me it too. Been amazing. Um, but no, back to the Mickey Mouse, the the new Mickey Mouse Club, where they Mickey 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 Mouse rock the house it up. That was past my time. I mean, like I was not going to be turning on the Mickey Mouse Club at, at my age when that was on. Too school so for cool. I was exactly too school for cool. That's exactly me. I was I was just way too school for cool, and I don't know what that means, but I am. I that. just felt like saying it backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, or I just forgot and messed up. But there was a lot of there was a lot of talent that came out of the Mickey Mouse Club of that new era and then the and the original one as well, you know. But um, but still. I just uh, wasn't my thing. So I'm sorry, Cliff. Sorry we let you down. But here's your top ten list, starting with number ten, The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Hercules, the animated series, The House of Mouse, Bear in the Big Blue House, Darkwing Duck, Chippendales Rescue Rangers, The Gummy Bears, DuckTales, Kids Incorporated, the aforementioned, his was his number two, and the 1989 and 1995 Mickey Mouse Club. He says, of course, I'm just giving you all a hard time. I normally love the top 10 DVT episodes and all the shows on the Goldiverse, normally. But this time, you got so... <laughs> you guys have inspired me to become a small-time podcaster myself. Great, Keep up the great work and have a magical day. Cliff, thanks for not plugging your podcast, but I wish you had because I would have given you a plug, friend. Of course, totally. I don't, if you haven't pod-faded by now, it has been eight months. So if you're still rocking it, get in touch with us and let us know. We'd love to hear back from you. All right, this next email is from Matt. Mm-hmm. And he's in no last name, so this is just Matt. This is from February. He says, hey, guys, really enjoy the top ten TV episodes. I have to admit, I didn't know most of Teresa's. Different generations, like Steve said. I did put my list on the Facebook group post for this episode, but I've made a few alterations since listening to, listening to the episode. Well, I know you guys included Rebels in your criteria. In criteria, I haven't included it in mine. I'm just such a big Star Wars fan. I can't, can't, can't fairly, I can't read, can't fairly compare it to anything else, and it would easily be number one. And while I love both Star Wars and Disney, I see Lucasfilm as its own entity, just distributed by Disney. Anyway, on my list, so I'm going to go ten to one. The Muppet Babies wasn't a hundred percent sure if the this met the criteria. It doesn't. It doesn't, but the new Muppet Babies will. That's right. 
So, number nine, The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Eight, Tailspin. Seven, Little Mermaid, the series. Six, Aladdin, the series. Five, Rescue Rangers. Four, The Wuzzles. Three, The Gummy Bears. Number two, DuckTales. And number one, can't believe you haven't seen this one, Steve, especially because I know you're a fan of the Arthurian legends and the series has a lot of connections to them. I know. I still haven't seen it. Gargoyles. Yeah, still haven't seen Gargoyles, even since February, Matt. No one has offered to, like, give me the show to watch, so I don't have access uh, to it. <laughs> I don't have access to it either, yeah. actually. I wasn't talking Arbel about you. I'm talking about said, all these people who jumped down my throat for not watching Gargoyles. <clears throat> I, how am I supposed to watch it? Honorable mentions were Darkwing Duck, Bonkers, and Goof Troop. Oh, I love the Goof Troop. Thank you, Matt No Name. We're no the Goof name. Troop. All right, getting closer to the present day in March, Jamie emailed us and says, It's been a while since I've written to the show, but since you were at Frozen, I felt the need to talk about my experience with the movie and experiencing my daughter's first taste of fandom. My daughter was two years old when this movie came out. I'd seen the commercials and the previews for this movie, but didn't pay much attention to it. Every day, though, when I would bring my daughter to her daycare, she would run up to her friends and they would start dancing to the first song that you hear from Frozen. Her friends would stomp their feet and sing, sing the words, and it was cute. I know that this was the first movie she saw because she eventually saw it in her daycare. She would come home, and depending on the time of day, she would, she, she would pretend she was either Elsa or Anna. Eventually, my wife and I saw the movie, and I was fairly impressed with it. I hadn't heard anything about plot points from the movie, so the plot twists were very interesting when it came to Prince Hans or how Elsa could have been considered the villain of the movie had they done things differently. I also remember the first time I watched this movie with my daughter, and the only way I can explain how she looked when watching this movie was probably the way I looked when I saw A New Hope. I could see the twinkle in her eyes as she was watching her favorite parts of the movie, and she would sing along to the song she liked. Since then, she has received many things Frozen-related. She's got a variety of clothes, ranging from underwear, shoes, socks, and shirts, hair stuff like ponytail bands and hair pins, necklaces, bracelets, and rings, costumes and toothbrushes, dolls, figures, a sleeping bag, backpacks, and other items. For over a year, every time over time we would take a car trip, we would have the deluxe edition of the soundtrack on a loop. We have gone to Disney on Ice three years in a row, and one year they basically redid the Frozen movie on Ice, and my daughter loved it. I remember seeing a sea of blue dresses, and all the kids in the audience would sing the songs during the performances to a point where the audience was almost louder than the performers. It was actually kind of cool. She even had a Frozen birthday for her birthday for her fourth birthday. We saw the live-action Cinderella movie, mostly so we could see that Frozen short at the beginning of the movie. And while my daughter liked the Cinderella movie, the Frozen short was her favorite part. Even today when she hears the music or the movie is on, she'll watch it. I'll always have a soft spot for this movie because it was the thing that my daughter found her first fandom. Even if she didn't realize what it was and we got to enjoy it together, which as a parent you cherish and look back on with fond memories. I know that everyone has his or her opinion, but I wanted to quickly talk about why I'm a big fan of the movie Pinocchio. Pinocchio! I've always been a fan of the movie. I like the animation and the coloring. It's just something that grabbed me visually. I like the relationship between Pinocchio and Geppetto. You mean the fact that Pinocchio ran away from him most of the movie? I thought it was a good father-son relationship. I like the interaction between Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket, as well as the themes of the movie when it comes to being honest and how Pinocchio needed to work in order to prove his worth. Like I said, I enjoyed this movie, but I guess to each their own. It's hard to please everyone all the time, but I look back at Pinocchio with a lot of fondness. Um... You know what, I, Teresa? He's he's not the first person that I've known to talk to me or, or email us about Pinocchio. And I, there's and the, a lot of people that like it. And the fact that we were a little unfair to the movie. I don't feel I was. I, 
hey, this show is just our opinion. That's right. But that's what that's the beauty of the show is that it makes you guys think about it, go back and rewatch movies and decide what you think. And if you disagree with us, mm-hmm. awesome. I love it. Send us an email. The last thing I want to write about is that my wife has booked a family trip to Disney World in the fall, so you guys might be there now. Oh, fun. It is the fall. By the time we go, my daughter will be six years old. We haven't told her yet, but my wife has been working overtime booking and planning things for our trip. She's gotten some cool tips from her cousin who used to live in Miami and had a year-round pass to Disney. I have to say that helping her plan this trip, I hope it's going to be fun because planning this has not been a lot of fun. Wow. I mean, taking my daughter on a day trip to Sesame Place is one thing, but planning a Disney vacation? Holy cow, it's a lot of planning. Granted, once we are there, the annoyances of planning this visit will probably go away, and I haven't been to Disney World since I think it was 2007, maybe 2009. I don't remember, so I'm looking forward to forward, but like watching Frozen, I'm more excited to watch my daughter experience Disney World. Knowing how much my daughter is going to enjoy just being at the park has me excited to go, but for reasons that are completely different than when I was younger. This will be mine and my wife's first time at the park as parents, and I'm looking forward to it. Anyways, I enjoy the podcast and always looking forward to the next one, Jamie Dunst. Um, I want to plug someone here real quick. Just, I, I, uh, Jamie, thank you for the email. Um, but if you will hit up anyone, if you're planning a trip to Disney World, there are two people you need to talk to. Number one, Teresa. You need to talk to Teresa. Um, and number two, uh, a friend of the show, um, David Dollar from the uh, from the Deuce Cast. That, that's what he does for a living. Is he helps people plan Disney trips. You end up not really paying any more than you would for a Disney vacation when you work through him, but he really helps you kind of iron out all those pesky details and stuff. And um, and he loves his job. He loves doing it. So uh, he hasn't asked for that. We're not getting any money for that, David. We should though. Um, <clears throat> but if you're if you're planning on planning a disney trip i would suggest reaching out to david dollar on twitter uh i can't think of his twitter right off the top of my head but if you'll find the deuce cast he's the host of it and 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 you can get all his information from that mm-hmm. all righty our next email well actually first mm-hmm. jamie your daughter's adorable and I hope you have a really great. Oh, trip. I hope yeah, I hope y'all have a blast. And please, and I want to hear about your yes, trip. Yes, definitely. Send us an email with how your trip went. Yes, and we'll read it about six months after your trip. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> you'll be able to relive it in vivid detail when you listen. You know, next year. <laughs> All right, hey y'all, Chris Tipton. Tipton. Back to work on my promise to write in every episode, which I have failed at miserably. So first off, while watching Tangled, I was like, whoa, Pascal straight up murdered her. (laughs) But technically he doesn't. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) If you notice when her cloak hits the ground, it is empty. (laughs) Pascal straight up murdered her. Pascal's a thug. (laughs) I'm crying. Okay. He is Uh, a heartless chameleon. But technically he doesn't. If you notice when her cloak hits the ground, it is empty. So it seems to me her age was catching up to her where she dissolved to dust. And that would have occurred anyway. So you're saying she pulled an Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. Kind of. Which makes sense. However, his murderous intent was still there, so there's that. 
Even though killing a homicidal maniac to defend your friends and family isn't murder, but that's a soapbox for another time. Tiptoe! I love Tangled so much, even though I can't really find Rapunzel attractive since her appearance is strikingly similar to my sister. <laughs> this email. <laughs> I read all the emails when they come in, and then I revisit them when we read them now. <laughs> and it's like, I remember laughing to this back when I read it. I think it's from March. All right. For the longest time, I was in the Frozen camp, but after this watch, I may be swaying towards Tangled. I see the light just might be in my top ten songs. Max is a better sidekick than Sven, in my opinion, and Pascal, well, bless his violent heart, he's hilarious. <laughs> At the very... <laughs> At the very least, they're probably even now as overall... Wait, what? At the very least, they're probably even now, as overall Frozen's music is better. Also, as for Princess and the Frog, wow, I had never seen it and thought it was incredible. The Shadow Man rivaled Scar as a villain, right? I agree. Naveen as the frog cracked me up so much. Is it weird that a frog couple could be so touching? And who knew the death of a firefly could be so heart-crushing? Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. So yeah, amazing. One, two, punch delivered. Here to start off the new renaissance. I haven't seen the next film, so I will definitely write in my thoughts. Hopefully I can upload, I can upload, uphold well, my promise. And upload a promise. Tip and up, upload a promise. But again, we shall see as life and junk gets in the way. Keep up the awesome work. May the force be with you. Also, do it, Steve. Play that Funky Seagulls music. Oh man, I should have been prepared better than I... Wow, I'm just Tip off. Tipton from Tip NC out. I'm just off my game tonight with all the musical cues we're supposed to have on this show. <sighs> I failed you. I failed you, Tipton. I failed you again for the last time. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to happen. I'm all afraid. Right. Well, hold on. I've, Maybe I've got, later. Well, it's at a. I don't know why this this song is in a weird place. But someone put it in a weird place. Must have been is me. Huh? No. <laughs> is it in a weird place? It's it, depressed. Yeah, it's just in a really weird place right now. Um, I mean, let's be honest. That's the type of song it is. What? Rockin', rockin' and rollin'. Down to the beach I'm strollin'. But the seagulls poke in my head. Not fun. I said seagulls. Mm, stop it now. All right, moving up into April now. This comes from Dominique, and Dominique uh, writes in and says... This is in April. Right. It's been a bit since I first wrote in. I basically wait a few episodes, and I binge listen to the show. Still love the show. I think you guys are funny, and I always find myself laughing while listening to the show. Well, that's good. I do like how every so often you guys throw out some news on Harry Potter, even though Harry Potter isn't Disney-related. I think my love of Harry Potter... Potty? Harry Potter? <laughs> Now listen, the one thing you don't want in life is a hairy potty. Hairy potty. <laughs> how, old, how old am I right now? <laughs> is that <laughs> You know, 
You go to people's house and they have those fuzzy toilet covers. Is that a Harry Potty? <laughs> is that what a Harry Potty is? <laughs> that's why. That's why being Chewbacca's roommate is such a pain in the neck. Oh my God. Harry Potty. Oh, I think my love of Harry Potter, says Dominique, rivals my love of Disney. I cannot play the Harry Potter trivial pursuit. How about this? Thanks, Dominique, for really setting this minefield of Harry Potter words in here. Cannot play the trivial pursuit with my boyfriend because I know so much information he barely gets a chance to play. I probably also would beat him at any Disney trivia game as well. Absolutely love the Princess and the Frog episode. I've always said that the Princess and the Frog is an underrated movie. I love the songs, the story, and the overall feel of this movie. I'm sad they did not continue with 2D animation after this film. I kind of agree with you there. Um, I grew up watching the Disney Renaissance movies as well as other as the older movies, so I love that style. I'm looking forward to the Moana episode. I thought the movie was great. It is definitely my top ten now, but I never sat down to figure out a full list. I feel like it's too hard to do that. Next time you guys do a top ten episode, it should be top ten villains. Either top ten favorite villains or top ten villains you despised the most. Recently, I was talking to my mother and brother, and I realized that if a Disney song is playing, I can sing along, but if I try to sing the song without playing it, then I can't remember all the words. Is that something that happens to you guys as well? Can't wait for the next show, and that's from Dominique. So I was actually talking to Greg about this phenomenon with our brains. Mm -hmm. We can remember movie lines and lyrics to music, but you may not be able to recall it. Like if I said, sing Footloose right now, mm -hmm. you may not be able to actually sing it, but if the music came on, then you would. I think it's a really interesting thing All that right. our brain does. Well, I, mm, could I sing Footloose right now? Yes, I can. Well, I just picked a song. Okay. Think about it, though. Like, there are songs that you may know the lyrics to, mm -hmm. but you may not be able to sing it just off the top of your head, like, right now. Like, <sighs> think of a song. Okay. Any, a song that, that you know the lyrics to, but you probably couldn't sing it just off the top of your head until you actually hear the music. Do you, can you think of anything? I sincerely cannot. That's like, hey, think of a song, just period. No, I, I don't think I can. I mean, I, I'm sure one exists, but I could not tell you what that one would be. Okay. Uh, now, here's one. Here's something, because I'm pretty sure you know okay. these songs. All right. Even though you don't necessarily love them. Okay. And if the music came on, you could probably sing it. Yesterday by the Beatles. Yesterday. No, I don't really know that song at all because I don't like the Beatles. But it's like a popular song. How do you not know that? I just... Okay, let's look at let's look at my Spotify. I shall pick a song. Okay. This is a okay. fun game. This is a... We should play that one game we played that one time. <laughs> okay. You don't You know the one where we were trying not to not to react to the Oh yeah, the yeah, song. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. I mean, I know the chorus, but I, like, I'm not, I, I couldn't even sing along with the verses with him. Uptown uh, Girl. She's been living in a fine class of birth. Yeah. Okay, Thriller. Oh, it's after midnight and something evil's lurking in the dark. Yeah. Hey, you don't know what I'm talking about, but everybody else knows what I'm talking about. 
you try to scream. So there was like a Matchbox 20 song that came on in the mm-hmm. car, and I was like, I don't know, I know this song, mm-hmm. but I couldn't sing it. Like if somebody said, sing this Matchbox 20 song, I probably couldn't sing it. Do you until remember the what song it was? Came on. Uh, it's on my Spotify, so I'd have mm-hmm. to okay. go and look. Well, I love some Matchbox 20. But you know, do you know what I mean? I, I guess. So I feel like maybe that's what this person's talking about. Sure. Uh, was it? I think it was Long Day. Oh, yeah. Been a long day. Oh, yeah. I love that song. I don't know. You know what? I, as much as I love that song, I don't know the lyrics like I should, though. I wonder if... It, hold on. Let me see if that's if it's the same thing. Let's see if I have to hear the song. Maybe we found this phenomenon with us. It's sitting by the overcoat, the second shelf, the notes she wrote that I... No, I don't know the words well enough to sing that song. See, I know it when it comes on, yeah. but I don't I don't necessarily know it by but I, heart. But I do love that song, and now I'm going to have to listen to it later when we're through recording. So anyway, oh, anyway. Well, I think Dominique... this happens with Disney songs. Yes. Well, I mean, that, I don't know. Well, that happens to... Disney apparently, it's a phenomenon, Dominique, that happens to everyone but me. So I'm I'm the weird one here. I'm the Harry Potter. I mean the Harry Potty over here. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the Harry Potty. Harry Anywho. Disney Watch. Watch, watch it. Watch yourself. Balls, who goes there? Watch it now. Watch it. Watch it. Watch up, my boy. Disney Watch. All right, so I don't have much here. But I did want to but talk about this. But I have some news. I don't have, I don't have much. But I know I love you. That may be all I need to know. That's how he sings. Oh. All right. So Marvel Sorry. and Disney and Star Wars, which, I mean, let's just say Disney mm-hmm. at this point. Disney is starting its new, very own, unique streaming service. Yeah. And Marvel and Star Wars films will be moving to the streaming service. They announced it, and what Bob Iger said is that they're going to launch big, and they're going to launch hot in late 2019. Okay. He said it's possible that it will launch in some overseas markets earlier than we want launch in the U.S. due to windowing opportunities that we have on the motion picture side. There will be four or five original Disney-branded films made exclusively for the online service, as well as four to five original Disney-branded TV series. The app will also have Disney's film library of nearly 500 films and 7,000 episodes from the TV library. Wow. The CEO expects to have thousands of shorts and will produce more original short form content for it. Okay. No word yet on pricing or the amount of Disney's investment, although Iger says we intend to get more specific about that in the few months ahead. The fate of Marvel and Star Wars films was the main question left hanging early on when this was announced. And Iger, when he announced his plan, let's see, uh, he said the plan Disney app will have the entire output of the studio, animation, live action, and Disney, including Pixar, Star Wars, and all of the Marvel films. Okay. 
So there's also an ESPN portion of this that will be available in the spring with 10,000 sporting events not on the linear channels. It will include Major League Baseball, NHL, soccer, tennis, and a lot of college sports. Linear. This is going to be huge. And I understand that there's people that are upset because they don't want to have to pay for another streaming service. But look, here's the deal. If you are all in on Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars, then get rid of something else and get this because there are going to be original content TV shows. Steve, I guarantee you the next Star Wars animated show is going to be on this platform. And I bet you we finally get a live action Star Wars TV show. Possibly. Now, bet le- you. well, let me say this. Here's the thing. I am of those people that are like really another streaming service. Really? Are you serious? However, what Bob Iger has come out and said is the thing that makes me kind of raise my eyebrows and say, okay, I may be able to go along with this one. Because I'm not going to, look, I'm not going to jump on board with the CBS streaming service. Star Trek's not going to bring me to that. Um, And there's a lot of these other stations and networks that are trying to do this stuff that I just, you know, I'm like, you're going to end up choking the market out because you just can't have the content worth sticking with in this way. And and so they're going to drive really what cable companies should start to look at now is going to an a la carte system where you get in touch with your cable company and you pay your bill reflects the specific stations that you've chosen to have. But that's a whole different conversation. When Iger says we're going to have our full film and television library available. And he's talking about, over 500 films, 7,000 episodes from the TV library. You're talking about shorts. You're talking about. Uh, you're talking about. I'll finally be able to see gargoyles. You're. Ta- you know. You're talking about 500 films. You know how easy that's going to make it for Disney Vault Talk, Teresa. Oh my gosh. I mean, dude. So, yeah. I, look, as long as. The original content is good. I, do, I, I don't know it'll be the next Star Wars animated series, but it'll be the next next one. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, yeah, this has now got me intrigued. It's really going to depend on the price point. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have PlayStation View, so we have access to a lot of the on-demand stuff, which is cool. And we can get into a lot of the on-demand apps with our PlayStation View account, which is great. But I can cut out some of the other things. I wouldn't cut out Netflix. Right. You know, but once Game of Thrones is over, I'll probably cut off my HBO and get this thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like I would definitely go with this over HBO. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. I've not watched an episode of Westworld. I'm behind on Game of Thrones, you know, just by this last season. I I hadn't seen any of it, but I, I haven't cared enough to go back and reactivate the the hbo situation so um but this is yeah this piques my interest big time just knowing the content that they're coming out and it's a smart move it's a smart move to bring marvel to bring star wars over and if you're going to bring marvel and star wars and i would say bring all those marvel television shows as well you know put on everything that you've got and really you know do a number and 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 open big to where Next, the you know the following year when you're adding new content, people are still like well, I hadn't gone through all the old content I wanted to go through yet. You know, make it worth their while, and it looks like that's what they're doing. So, 
Um, smart move on their part, if you ask me. Yeah. All right. And the next thing we have is there was a new trailer for Disney's Coco, oh, which is this. coming out in a, just a couple months. And I was intrigued by it because they were saying Coco looks like Footloose meets Day of the Dead in the new trailer. Hmm. Like Disney Day of the Dead. And I get where they're coming from because music was like outlawed for this kid and his family after his like great great grandfather or something and so it's very similar to the footloose thing of no dancing i'm loving that dog with the big old long tongue not supposed to love music no music no music oh my great grandma coco's father was the greatest musician of all time Papa Ernesto de la Cruz. One day, he left with his guitar and never returned. No, my family thinks music is a curse. Great-great-grandfather, none of them understand me. I'm supposed to play music. All right, who's in there? I'm sorry. <gasps> What's going on? I'm just dreaming. Do you mind? <gasps> <gasps> Welcome to the land of the dead. Not to clean up! You gotta stay with me, boy. This isn't a dream, then. You're all really out there. Agents at the Department of Family Reunions are available to assist you. Please be on the lookout for a living boy. Miguel? You're here? We're your family, mijo. I know your great-great-grandpa. I'll get you to him. What are you doing? I'm walking like a skeleton. No, skeletons don't walk like that. It's how you walk. No, I don't. When there's no one left in the living world who remembers you, you disappear from this world. But you can change that. We gotta find my cricket grandpa. You gotta do it by sunrise. What happens at sunrise? You'll be stuck here forever. What? Ugh. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Never. Forget how much your family loves you. It's almost sunrise. One cannot deny who one is meant to be. That's you! I am terribly allergic. But Dante doesn't have any hair. And I don't have a nose. And yet, here we are. That's you! That is the best trailer I've seen for this movie so far. I agree. Like, that gets me fired up for this movie a little bit. I love using Bittersweet Symphony. I love that you're kind of getting the story aspect of it there. You're seeing the humor come into play. There's a magic to it. It's got a Back to the Future feel to it. You know? Get mm -hmm. done by this time or you're stuck here. I, I can see the Cinder I can see the Footloose thing, the Cinderella thing. You know, get back by this certain time as well. Um and I can tell you, it's probably going to make me cry. If someone disappears, they're going to get you attached to somebody out there on the other side. And you're going to love them. And then they're going to be the ones that are forgotten and disappear. <sighs> Pixar. Nobody gets left behind or forgotten. Well, in, in a Pixar movie, they will in a heartbeat, I guarantee you. Because those jerks <laughs> are going to try to make you cry. All right. Well, let's get into our movie, Teresa. Yay. 
right, let me get this straight. A man in a kabuki mask attacked you with an army of miniature flying robots. Microbots? B-Max, tell them. Yes, officer. Ah! Microbots? Yeah, he was controlling them telepathically with a neurocranial transmitter. Come on! I am not fast. Yeah, no kidding! Go, 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 go! So Mr. Kabuki was using ESP to attack you and Balloon Man. I know it sounds crazy, kid. How about we call your parents and get them down here? What? Write your name and number down on this piece of paper and we can help. We gotta catch that guy. But first, you're gonna need some upgrades. in a mask just tried to kill us. How cool is that? I mean, it's scary, obviously, but how cool! What's wrong with you? Low battery. You home, sweetie? We jumped out a window. Who's that? We jumped out a window. Harry, baby. Harry, baby. Excuse me while I gush over what is a great movie. Big Hero 6 is everything you want from a superhero movie. Great origin, great motivation for our main character and our main villain. There's a great twist, great music, great characters, and a big action set piece where buildings are destroyed and people are yelling at each other at different superhero type work together things. Baby Mushroom! That's a battle cry to end all battle cries right there. This is turning into more of a review than an introduction. Big Hero 6 is a movie about a really smart kid who isn't living up to his potential. He has to learn the hard way that with great power comes, say it with me class, great responsibility. After the death of his brother, Hero is left with only the medical support robot that his brother invented. And what seems like a glitch in his own technology soon leads Hero and Baymax, the aforementioned robot, into an adventure worthy of the Disney name. Along with friends of his late brother... Hero forms a superhero squad to take down a mysterious man in a kabuki mask bent on vengeance. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll laugh again, you'll cry some more, and you will love Big Hero 6, which this is. And here's Teresa with some history. I'm sure you know everything there is to know about the castle. Oh, well, actually... Yes, I do. As you can see, the pseudo facade was stripped away. All right, so this is Disney's 54th animated feature film. Big Hero 6 premiered at the 27th Tokyo International Film Festival on October 23rd, 2014, and at the Abu Dhabi Film Festival on October. <laughs> what? That's fun to say. Yes, Abu Dhabi. I was actually proud of myself until I screwed up the words film festival. Abu Dhabi. 
on October 31st, 2014. It was theatrically released in the Disney Digital 3D and Real D 3D formats in the United States on November 7th, 2014. It actually got a lot of critical and commercial success, and it grossed over $657 million worldwide, becoming the highest-grossing animated film of 2014. Yes! Way to go, Big Hero 6! Way to go, Big Hero 6! And I had a feeling, Steve, Mm -hmm. that there would be a cat that would meow. Uh, Wow. (laughs) I mean, she was, like, right right up in the microphone. (laughs) The pure podcat going on here. Podcat. I had a feeling you might ask me mm-hmm. about the animated feature films of 2014. Oh, the, all I need to know is this was the top grossing. Oh, so you don't care? Okay, <laughs> I'm cool with that. <laughs> oh, this beat the Lego Movie. Yes. Yeah, so there wow. was things like Box Trolls. Uh, what else? How to Train Your Dragon Two. Yeah, take that, dragons. Uh, I'm trying to see what else was in here. Take that Lego the movie. The Lego movie. Take that Lego movie. Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Whoa. The Nut Job. Penguins of Madagascar. Take that, you stupid little penguins. No offense, Teresa. Rio 2. <laughs> Take that, birds. I mean, it didn't really have a whole lot of competition other than the Lego movie, to be honest. Well, How to Train Thanks. Your Dragon 2 is kind of a, it's a big deal. It was good. Yeah. It was really good. I enjoyed it. I think I the Lego Movie enjoyed more success in home vid- in the home video market. I think it garnered a lot more success after the fact. Yeah. So CEO Bob Iger, after the Marvel acquisition in 2009, mm-hmm. he encouraged the company's different divisions to explore Marvel's properties for adaptation concepts. And he was saying to deliberately pick obscure titles so that it would give them freedom to sort of experiment and kind of come up with their own versions. It's a fantastic idea. So while directing Winnie the Pooh, director Don Hall was scrolling through the Marvel database and he stumbled upon Big Hero 6. And it was a comic that he'd never heard of before. I had actually never heard of it before. And he just liked the idea for the title. And he I said, I just like the title. He, I like the title. And he pitched it to John Laster as one of the five ideas for possible productions for Walt Disney Animation Studios. And this particular one struck a chord. And so they decided to go ahead and run with it. So in June of 2012, Disney confirmed that Walt Disney Animation Studios would be adapting this particular Marvel comic series. Now, they wanted to keep the feel of it new and fresh, so the head of story, Paul Briggs, who also voiced Yama Yama. in the film, he read a few issues of the comics, and the screenwriter, Robert Baird, actually did not read any at all. So Hmm. they they got some of the characters, but they really did change a whole lot from what... I've never read the comic, but from what I've seen, they changed a lot of things. Yeah. So, Big Hero 6 was produced solely by Walt Disney Animation Studios, although members of Marvel's creative team weren't involved in the film's production, including Joe Quesada, Marvel's chief creative officer, and Jeff Loeb, head of Marvel Television. Mm -hmm. Now, early on in the development process, the... Uh, producers and everybody went to the went and their design team took a research trip to Carnegie Mellon University's Robotics Institute, and this is where they met a team of DARPA funded researchers DARPA. who were pioneering. You can just the say new... you can say DARPA. 
They go by DARPA? Mm-hmm. Okay. They met a team of DARPA-funded researchers who were pioneering the new field of soft robotics using inflatable vinyl. Oh. So this ultimately would be the inspiration for Baymax inflatable vinyl, huggable design. Mm. Now, Big Hero 6 earned $222.5 million in America and $435.3 million in other territories for that worldwide estimated total of $657.8 million. Uh, Deadline has said that they believe they made a profit of about $187.34 million off of this movie. Which, you know, that doesn't mean that it cost, what do the math, you know, over... 400 million to make or, or right around 400 million to make what that means is is this was um that's how much they put into advertising after they make mm-hmm. it uh it's it's kind of disgusting and sickening and sad but why because it's not a lot or it's a Be- lot because they put so much into advertising that what they could have made almost half a million almost half a billion dollars in in profit you know but i understand you have to advertise especially something like this but you know, it's one of the things that I know frustrate a lot of filmmakers because this is that's the kind mm-hmm. of stuff that film studios will hide behind saying, well, we hadn't made a profit yet. Oh, yeah. Because though it only cost this much to make, we spent this uh, extra X amount in in promotion. <clears throat> well, I think for this film in particular, because it didn't have like a princess or, you know, one of those things as they've started to right. sort of get away from that, they do have to like highly market a movie like this. And I think one of the things that locked a bunch of people... Never mind, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. Worldwide is the highest grossing animated film of 2014. As we said, it was the third highest grossing non-Pixar animated film for Disney. And the 16th highest grossing animated film of all time. Yeah. By grossing over $500 million worldwide. It became the fourth Disney release of 2014 to do that. Yeah. So the other titles would be Guardians of the Galaxy, That's right. Maleficent, yeah. and Captain America the Winter Soldier. Oh, oh. It did win the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature and the yes. Kids' Choice Award for Favorite Animated Movie. Way to go, Oscar Award-winning Big Hero 6. Mm-hmm. I was actually, to be honest, I was surprised about that that year. I remember being like, uh, okay. <laughs> Just because it wasn't... Sure. I wasn't expecting that. Right, right. You know, it, it <clears throat> just... You never really know, but it went up against Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Song of the Sea, and The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. So, for me, it was like between How to Train Your Dragon 2 and Big Hero 6 Mm -hmm. was sort of my, I remember that. But I was happy that it was that. that. And then the Kids' Choice Award might actually be the one that's more like wow because kids choice awards are obviously kids choice right and they are a little bit you would almost expect something like the lego movie that yeah that that does surprise me right you're right i agree with that yep but big hero 6 did really well Mm -hmm. so you know so that's good it's good. And let's see. Big Hero 6 released in the U.S. on Blu-ray and DVD on February 24th of 2015. Now, here's the cool thing, Steve, and I have a link for you here. A television series has been announced for Disney XD, and it's going to be debuting this year 
actually very soon mm -hmm. in November. Yeah, you talking so about so there is a TV series coming, and we now have like a sneak peek. You talking about this? You talking about the sneak peek from Comic Con in 2017? This is a new one. Oh. interlopers you have made the grievous error of transgressing on the lair of Baron von Steep. <sighs> thanks Baymax booby trapped old timey booby trapped but uh still booby trapped whoa hold on uh, I'm picking up a heat signature could it be a furnace do furnaces typically move not typically it is moving toward us rapidly hey, it's another booby trap oh. I suggest we leave now that is unfortunate hey, Max, power lift. all right so that's not what you sent me there that was a um, actual clip from it and when he says that is unfortunate, it's because a bunch of walls shut down. Here's what Tracy gave me. Sneak peek at the new Big Hero 6, the series. Ah! I suggest you back away. <laughs> oh, watch out! Sorry. I will get it. I have got it. Oh, well, maybe I can fix it. It's a cappuccino machine. Fred's eggs didn't make it. Wait, well, where is Fred? Scan indicates Fred is not here. Should we be worried? We could worry, or we could call him. Or he could call us. Guys, emergency! Help now! This does not appear to be an emergency. Big Hero 6, Baymax he was getting pampered by his butler there when they would come in the door. That's good. Well, here's a cartoon that I think I'll enjoy, Teresa. I think I'm really going to like it, too, to be honest. Well, so, I love, I I love Disney these. Disney XD's upping their game because they Duck really Tales, are. Big Hero 6. I really love these characters, and, and, and I, will, I will gladly spend some more time with them. Have we got some fun facts? We do. Well, I have a, I have a bumper for that as well. <laughs> If I'll turn the volume back up. Fun facts. Say it proud and geek out loud. It's fun facts. All right. Let's see. I got distracted by the chat. Mm. All right. So in an interview with Axel Alonzo from Comic Book Resources, Marvel did not have any plans to publish a tie-in comic to the movie. Disney actually planned to reprint the Marvel version of Big Hero 6 themselves, but Marvel actually disagreed and they eventually came to an agreement that Yin Press would publish the Japanese manga version of Big Hero 6 for Disney. I find that interesting. Hmm. I mean, it's based off a comic book. Why would we not anyway? <laughs> Alright, so with respect to the design of Baymax, Hall, who's our Don Hall, our producer, mentioned in an interview, I wanted a robot that we had never seen before and something to be wholly original. That's a tough thing to do because there's a lot of robots in pop culture, everything from Terminator to Wally to C3PO. That is quite the gamut of robots. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Good night. 
<laughs> it goes all over the place. There were about 90 animators that worked on this film at one point or another, and some worked on the project for as long as two years. In terms of the film's animation style and settings, the film combines Eastern world culture, predominantly Japanese, with Western world culture, predominantly California. Well, the name and, of the city is San Francisco. Well, yeah. To create San Francisco, San Francisco as a detailed digital simulation of an entire city, Disney purchased an actual assessor data, or the actual assessor data for the entire city and county of San Francisco. The final city contains over 83,000 buildings and 100,000 vehicles. Wow. The post credit scene was only added to the film in August of 2014, late in production after co-director Don Hall and his crew went to see Guardians of the Galaxy. He stated that it horrified them that people were, would sit and wait for an end credits thing because of the Marvel DNA, and they didn't want people to leave the movie disappointed. <laughs> Guys, we gotta get something at the end of this movie. We have to do it because it's Marvel, and yeah. like we'll ruin it for everyone. It's, it's a great Stan Lee cameo. It's fantastic. The production team watched videos of firings for inspiration for the microbots. Oh, yeah. And let, um, Honey Lemon is actually a Latina character, and she's the only character to pronounce Hero's name with an accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be Alan Tudyk's third Disney film in a row. Wreck-It Ralph. Mm-hmm. Frozen. Mm-hmm. And then Big Hero 6. Oh, wow. Back to back to back. And then Rogue One. <laughs> and then Oswald is kind of like a hidden... Mickey type of deal. He can be seen on Hero's ceiling when he falls as he oh, reopens Baymax. I didn't notice that. I was looking for other little things like when you get. There's to, a bunch of other ones, but this is the one I. When pulled. you get to Fred's, uh, Fred's little room, especially, I was like, "Are there any real heroes in there? What you know? What are they doing here?" And so there is a drawing. I think it's in uh, the like the lab when they're looking at Baymax's stuff of mm-hmm. Iron Man's helmet. Oh, okay, I, I do know that that. that that that's in there. Uh, there are a few other things to to, to find and see. Mm-hmm. Well, I should have watched some special features on this. I love this movie so much. Love it's it. It's a good movie. I, I love it a, a whole a whole. It lot. makes me laugh so much. Yes, it is. So, it's funny. Like it, it hits all the right comedy beats, and then it'll rip your heart out at the same time. Baymax is just so funny because he's so frank. He doesn't mm-hmm. know any different. I mean, he's a freaking robot. I love when <laughs> I love the moment when they're running for the first time. For the I am not fast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And he's like, it, I mean, he just and when they're in the the police office, mm-hmm. and he's just sitting there going, "I have holes. I need tape." And oh he's yeah, like, it's comic. Tape. That's comic gold. What he does there, and and it's just. And, and the fact that they let that beat play out so long, like, you know, they go through the whole, all three holes on the one arm and then he inflates the other arm and starts to go and, and then it cuts away. But it, it was like, it's just a, it, it's, it's comedic genius. Some of the stuff they do with him, um, right down to like, well, when they, when they're going to the warehouse for the first time and he gets stuck in the window, I need to deflate a little. And you know it's the sound of a balloon deflating, and 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 here is like shut up, shut up, shut up, and, and he's like, are you through yet? I am finished. And, <laughs> and, it's, and he's like, then he's like, I will need to reinflate. Yes. And he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I I absolutely yeah I agree. It's Baymax is kind of the heart of the comedy 
Fred tries to be. Like, Fred's that character that if there were no Baymax, I would probably say, yeah, I love Fred's humor in his comedy. But um, he kind of plays that classic kind of, like, funny character. Yeah, the doofus character, you know. Um, But uh, let's run run through these things. What did you think of Hero as the as the main dude 14-year-old so kid so hero initially ticks me off yeah cuz i'm like you know okay you graduated high school at 13 obviously you're super smart why aren't you super smart enough to figure out that you should be doing something with your life and he's kind of a little bit of a jerk you know mm-hmm. and he's a jerk to other people it's not he learns kindness through baymax which i think is the classic way to go about it it's what makes the story so good is he has to learn compassion for other people and kind of his place in life and what he's going to be doing and like for example when he when he changes Baymax programming to just like the fighting stuff Mm -hmm. that made me mad when you know when he's telling Baymax to kill the Kabuki fella yeah like and it's just he's so wrapped up in himself Mm-hmm. that the whole movie is like a self-discovery thing for him where he finally has to figure things out. And so I think in that sense they did it really well because they make you not really like Hero a whole lot and then you you go on that journey with him oh, well, of figuring out that, yes, your life got upended. Yes, you lost your parents. Yes, you lost your brother who was your role model. You lost all this stuff, but it's no excuse to just turn into a crazy person. Well, I I don't I don't know that I disliked him at all through the movie. I I like his introduction at the very beginning with the with the bot fighting and everything, the bot fights and and um and, and I his whole journey is my brother was killed. You find out the guy who did it is someone that you initially trusted and now it's all about vengeance. And this is classic superhero stuff. That's where true. where there's where where the superhero has some loss and they're able to take vengeance on the guilty party and they have to learn that no this isn't the right way and you also have to remember this is a 14 year old kid is smart smart does not mean mature no you know you're correct in, intelligence does not equal maturity and so he's having to grow up and he's having to figure a lot out here um i mean he spends so much time after his brother dies you know in his room to die after tadashi dies he just spends time in his room and he won't eat he won't come out i mean there's some real depression going on there and some real sadness mm-hmm. and sorrow and um i'm really intrigued and i wonder if the cartoon will explore this at all at their parents death yes you know, that if, is something i'm curious if, if there's something nefarious there because you got two genius kids and that means they had to come from you know some parents who might have been tangled up in some stuff but you you just have to imagine that's a comic book trope ladies and gentlemen that if you've got some genius kids in your in your pa- and there's a death and when they're young they were into they were into some mess um but i never disliked him and i liked the but i did like the journey went on and i do like the moment when the whole crew has to fight against baymax to keep him from killing uh callahan oh, yeah you know because hero takes out the the medical chip and then when he goes to try to take it out again in the garage and baymax will not give him access to it mm-hmm. um i think it's just a really powerful moment and it's powerful to kind of see just what baymax was and how much intelligence he has even though he's bound by certain programming 
he knows that he's not going to let his programming be altered again. Like he was betrayed. He, as best a robot can, he felt betrayed by what Hero did in that moment. And so there's a learning curve there for Hero. But then he also just ends up falling right into Baymax's arms, and that's that moment of being broken. And like I can't believe, you know, I didn't get him, and this is killing me, and my brother's gone, and you're all I've got left. And then there's the moment where you know you finally see the video of his brother on his chest and everything, and. And that's that moment of realization for Hero of vengeance isn't the way, but we do have to get justice. So. And that's what I think this movie is so powerful, that it's be- between him and, like, this vinyl robot. But mm-hmm. at the same time, Baymax is all he has left of his brother. It was right. his brother's ultimate achievement. And so, in a way, it's just so awesome that it's done that way. And he gets to a point to where he's really, truly trying to take care of Baymax and Baymax really matters to him. And then so do these people that were his brother's friends. He suddenly starts to see that there's more to life than just what he was focused on, which was his own sorrow and his own hurt. And I think that that is a huge, huge lesson Mm -hmm. in a movie like this. And you know, one of my favorite scenes is when they're riding around in, or in the car trying to get away. Yes. It's probably yes. one of the best things it's ever. It's a great car chase. It is fantastic. I do. I, I love that Wasabi is like freaking out and he stops at a red light. And, you know, the whole time Baymax is just sitting on the top of the car, like just watching. And he's like, oh, no, this is not good. And then uh, and then what's her face? I can't um, go go takes over as the driving oh it was a great scene it's a great scene i want to go back to what you said about hero taking care of baymax because it also goes back to baymax taking care of hero Mm -hmm. like baymax's whole thing is i'm your medical assistant and i'm here to help you and that's his whole deal is helping and in this case he's kind of locked on to hero and i think that throughout and, and they do a great thing with the design of baymax where his face is is so neutral that you can read whatever emotion you want to onto it. You know, and and, and they never get tempted and, and do the thing where his face contorts or twists into anything. It's always just those two dots in the line across. And and whatever emotion you think Baymax should be feeling in that moment, you can read on that face. It's almost like what they did with C-3PO's design for Star Wars. You know, C-3PO is he never emotes, his face never changes. But you can see the anger when he's looking, when he's getting on the R2, and you can see the fear when he's scared, and you can see the pleasure when he's, you know, so happy that he's finally doing what he was made to do, you know, like with the Ewoks and that sort of thing. You see those kind of, even though there's no real emotion on his face, it's the same thing with Baymax. And and I think that there's a part of Baymax that misses Tadashi just as much as Hero does. Yeah, especially in that scene when he looks at, they get back from their first adventure, and he's like, Tadashi. And he's just like looking at the empty bed. Right. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah. he's like, he's gone away. And he's like, when is he coming back? Mm-hmm. <gasps> it's just so sad. Well, and he's and he can't he can't wrap his mind around it because he's like he was in perfect health. Mm-hmm. You know, he he should have lived a long life. And he was like, yeah, I know he should have. You know, but he's he's not going to now. And it's um. The relationship between Tadashi and Hiro is, I think, is really put out there well and of course it's not going to be a disney movie unless someone close to you dies of course you know and tadashi dies in a heroic way uh he's going in trying to save callahan um which we later find out you know callahan's the big bad of the whole thing um but 
the fact that he tricks Hero into going to his nerd school, and and that's what turns Hero on to wanting to actually get into school. Like it's a very smart move on Tadashi's part, and it's very much a parental move. Of I know that if I keep pushing this on you, you're going to keep rejecting it. But let me trick you into seeing what I know you'll love, and and he does that, you know, and and that's when Hero decides. And and so by the time they get to the big science expo, Hero's nervous because he really wants to get in that school. You know, the whole bot fighting thing is all but over, mm-hmm. and he just really wants to get in that school and 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 do something important and special and make a difference with his knowledge. You know, and that's. And that's, I think that just speaks to Tadashi's character as, you know, just being such a great um, older brother and mentor and um, and everything else. And, and the way that the friends then accept Hiro because of their acceptance of Tadashi is just great. Like, you know. Those he, are like true friends. Yeah. Like just he just gets pulled amazing. in that world. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and and they're they're really cool. I do um I have a problem with uh Honey being the only one that says his name with an accent. Or says I did it properly. too a little. I I thought it was strange and I kinda wish that she didn't say it with an accent, that it was just the same as everyone else. Mm-hmm. But if that's the only thing I have to really complain about. Right. <laughs> Well, she it comes and goes though. Like it'll be Hiro, and then it'll be Hero. You know, when whenever there's a big, and I'm just like, you can't have it both ways, honey. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta say it one way or the other. Um, I did not realize she was Latina. Did you? No, not until I read that stuff when I was doing research. I had no clue. Her voice is Genesis Rodriguez. Okay. I don't know who that is, I guess. Me either. I feel like I should, though. That name sounds familiar. I'll go to looking that up. Who was your favorite of the team? Probably Honey Lemon. Okay. (laughs) She's so... Everything's so colorful, and she's got that really mad scientist thing about her, and Mm -hmm. I kind of like that. Although Gogo was cool, but she's definitely that real tough girl. Right, right, right. Um... Wasabi just trips me out. He's, you know, he seems, he's such a weenie. He is such a weenie, but he shouldn't be. He's like the biggest one, you know. Yeah. He should be the tough guy, but he's he's the weenie. They do several things like that where they subtly turn some things on their head. Um, in this movie, you know, like you know the big the big dude Wasabi is not really, you know, he's a little bit more of a weenie than the other ones. And um, Fred, of course, is that is is the yokel. You know, he's the goofball who um who's immediately on board with becoming a superhero. But the thing that they really do turn on its head is it is not a stretch to think that Alistair Cray is, is going to turn out to be the bad guy because he's the big industrialist. He's wanting to, he's wanting to buy the microbots from hero right out of the gate. And, and so, yeah, that is the natural thought process. Oh, this guy's the bad guy because they're always the bad guy. The industrialists are always the bad guys in these movies. You know, big science, big technology. That's a bad guy. We're going to take him down. Come to find out. And he might not have been a good dude, but he wasn't the villain. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was really, really a neat twist on things that 
you know, he never winked at the camera. He's like, oh, but I'll get him next time. I was really working with Callahan this whole time. But really, it ends up being Callahan and his motives for doing what he's doing, though it is vengeance against Cray, it's something that we can all understand. He lost his daughter to this man's experiments. Right. And so it's, I think it's just so well written to me, uh, the story and these characters and everything. Even though you do have your typical, like you said, she's your typical, you know, smart aleck. Gogo is your typical smart aleck, you know, tough girl. And, um, you know, and, and, and Fred's your typical goofball. And there are some very much some, some, some tropes from these type of movies in here. But they also do such a good job of turning some other things on their heads and, and giving some twists and turns. And, and it's pretty to look at. And I tell you what, I have a crush on Aunt Cass. She's funny. She is the best. I, she's so good. She has so many lines where she's like, "I'm stress eating." <laughs> so good. But then what's so funny? She's like, "And this is and this is what you're causing me to do. I'm stress eating." And as she's walking out the door, she goes, "This is so good." <laughs> and then when when she's making the wings and Baymax is like, "Wee!" She's mm-hmm. like, "Wings." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's great and she loves those boys. And you you can just see that this is a she's somebody's sister apparently whether their mom or their dad yeah i really would like to know what happened to their parents but she's the she's the sister who's in over her head but loves those boys too much to to not be in over her head with them you know and that tells she kind of reminds me of the of aunt may from the new spider-man in a way in a way but i i you know what given the choice i'd be like yeah i'll, I'll hang in with cass mm-hmm. you know even though I listen, Marissa Tomei is quite the quite the pistol, but I I'd still I think I'll stick with Cass. But um, big big fan of that character. Like all the little supporting characters were great in this in this film to me, you know. And and I just think that I can't gush enough about it. I love this movie so much, Teresa. When I remember when the characters first came to Disney World, like I had to meet them. Mm-hmm. And meeting Baymax was like the coolest thing ever. Oh, I would love to meet Baymax. That would be amazing. I could poke his stomach and he could poke my stomach. It would be fantastic. <laughs> it would <laughs> It would be just like, it would be the greatest thing ever. I would love it. I, I, I really want to see the series because I want to see more of the Baymax humor. Yeah, and I, I'm sure they'll keep that, and, and they'll be able to hang with that, you know. But I'm also interested in just spending more time with these characters. The the Comic Con clip, the first one that was playing, they were in an old old uh, tunnel, and and heroes seem to think that those booby traps were kind of old fashioned. So it gives you the the sense that maybe they're hunting down some things from the past. I don't know. Um, but the humor of that second clip that you sent, where the cap from the cappuccino machine is flying over the place baymax is like i'll get it and then it finally rolls to a stop right at him and he grabs it and he's like got it <laughs> after all the destruction has now taken place um what's your favorite scene from this movie oh my gosh you know i'm really not sure it could be the end and like the wormhole thing mm-hmm because of what baymax does and the oh fact gosh. that there's a moment where he has that intelligence of like not being a robot to do something mm-hmm. heroic like that was just amazing to me mm-hmm. and sad uh 
But honestly, probably that beginning scene where he's like so low on battery, he's like almost drunk. <laughs> you know, and he's like, shh, be quiet. We jumped out a window. <laughs> Hairy baby. Hairy baby. <laughs> and then he's trying to step into his into his little charger box mm-hmm. and he like can't like get his foot in there. Yes, but yes. Yeah. I love it. Uh the end when he's when he tells him I, I have to know that you're satisfied with my oh mm-hmm. I mean I can't even talk about it. it's it is it was heart wrenching and and I remember the first time I watched it I was texting I'm like this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen why are they doing this to this to me why are they doing this to this oh, boy? Yeah. and um and I was just like I was torn up and I was torn up this last time watching it and even more so like like I found myself getting choked up at all the right moments you know even though i knew they were coming when when tadashi dies and hero's dealing with it when when he's in the garage after they've you know gotten back from that island from fighting the kabuki mask man for the first time from callahan and you know and he's beating on hero saying you've got to let me in there and then he's like tadashi is here tadashi is here and he shows him the video and um it, it's just like uh it, the, they hit all the right emotional beats for me and 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 I just to me there's not a wasted scene in this movie there's not a wasted moment and there's not a wasted montage the the whole training thing as he's equipping all the team is oh, just yeah. is just perfect it's great his flight when he takes off and they fly is mm-hmm. I'm just that's lo- cool too I love that as I'm watching it I just think it's just it, it's just brilliant and when they get to the top of the Golden Gate Bridge and 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 Baymax says, you know, I I can tell that you're happy now, and this has actually helped. And then he just kind of tips over to the side, and and just takes off for him. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to continue to let you have some fun here. And they just fly all over the place. It's so great. And the music, listen to this music. I, I tell you what, here's what we need to do. We're just going to start the movie right now, and we're just going to do commentary on I know we've gone almost two hours, but f- forget all that. Who cares? We're going to be up all night. We're going to watch Big Hero 6. We're going to break every single minute down. That's what we're going to do. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa's like, I didn't realize Shaz was showing up tonight. I can't get a word in edgewise, fatty. <laughs> No, I just love how much you love this movie because it really has been a little bit since we've had a movie that you have been all about. And I knew that when we got to Big Hero 6 that it was going to be this situation for you because it blends all of that stuff you loved growing up as a child and everything that Marvel had to offer and superheroes and all of that with Disney. And it's like the perfect storm. Oh, yeah. It it is. It really is. And it's it's that thing... Man, if Steve, as a six, seven-year-old kid, would have had this Big Hero 6 movie, even in 2D animation form, you want to talk about the toys? Like, there would be a Big Hero 6 collection in this room right now with all the Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would have been right up there with, with that kind of stuff because, and it would be, and it'd be a thing that I would continuously reference 
as being a part of being a huge part of my geekdom and stuff as a kid because i think they just did it so you know you when when you think disney does a superhero movie you think it's going to end up getting over cheesed if you, you know like you i think even though we've seen things like wreck it ralph which was really good and and really for an animated movie had some edge to it and even though disney has really kind of grown up and come into this new age of doing films like this i do think that there's this idea that when you say oh a disney superhero movie i just can't see it and and for them to hit all the right beats in just the right way i mean it, kabuki mask is just a great villain you know and 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 i don't know that he ranks up there in the pantheon of some of the fantasy villains like a maleficent but he definitely is a good villain and and he definitely deserves you know he's he's scary looking he's figured out the technology that you know is going to give him all this power and 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 then the motivation of this is just a vengeance thing is just a great classic supervillain thing and i just i just think it's so great this everything about this movie is so good and they don't shy away from the hard lessons and they don't shy away from the tough moments and the tough stuff and of course disney's never really done that you know in a way i mean you know we one of the things we we kind of going back to the pinocchio stuff from that email earlier one of the things that we both were kind of whoa about is is just kind of the darkness of the themes and everything but they weren't shying away from some really tough life lessons that kids need to learn no you and know? they still don't do that right they and, just do it in a different way and they did it with superheroes right which i think is like very present of the times mm -hmm. that we're in right now with all the kind of stuff that were the big movie making money makers and clearly it worked because they made a good amount of money yeah yeah i'm looking forward to the cartoon series i think it'll be good um what do you think of the the end credit scene I don't really remember it to be honest. Okay. Uh, I know, I know that it exists, but I didn't rewatch it this time around. Mm -hmm. uh, so I haven't seen it in a while. But I think I remember laughing. <laughs> well, it's Fred's dad comes in, and Fred's dad, of course, they use the likeness of a, a, a little bit younger Stan Lee, and it's vo and he's voiced by Stan Lee. Oh right, right, right. And okay. so, and Fred had earlier in the episode, in the episode, in the movie, talked about his underwear habits how he hasn't done laundry in six days he wears his underwear um at least four times uh front back inside out front back and um and he uh and so he's he finds he he gets the the whole end credit scene is fred standing in front of a portrait where his dad and mom and he are together and because he's in the big rich you know mansion house or whatever and uh and he kind of leans on the wall and says, Dad, I wish you were here. And the wall pops open to reveal a secret room. And Fred and Fred walks in, and there's all these super suits hanging on hangers, and there's like a computer console and everything, you know, real high tech. And then his dad walks in and says, we've got a lot to talk about. And he, he takes a pair of the briefs, you know, that be from the superhero suit, and he says, I wear them on the front, and then I wear the back. And then I turn them inside out, and I go front and back. And, and they hug, and and um you know he says i'm real proud of you fred it's just a really great moment but you get the idea that there's more to fred's story too that's you know? awesome and so and his dad's apparently a superhero of some sort so um maybe that'll be there's a lot of things they could explore in this cartoon series depending on how how they want to take it you know if they just want to do episode to episode here's a fun story here's a fun story okay that's fine if you want to kind of go super friend style but they could really do some good serialized storytelling you know like a rebels um 
in or 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 like the Avengers stuff they've been doing or the Guardian stuff they've been doing, they could really do some good serialized storytelling and and drop in some fun themes and stuff if they will on that television show. I so. agree. Henry Jackman. Henry Jackman's score is great. Um, I, I, it hit all the right notes, hit all the right beats. Henry Jackman, of course, is one of the go-to people over there uh, at Marvel and in Disney right now. He's you know he's done some of the superhero movies for them. I think he did the Captain America, the first, the not the first Avenger, but Winter Soldier, and um, and this was no exception. I thought it was really good, and that song by Fallout Boy. I dig it. I do I enjoy it. Yeah, I do enjoy it. Um. All right. Well, I've I've really gushed over this thing, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be. It was good, and I knew it was going to happen with this one. I knew Big Hero Six was going to be one of those films for you. And I remember when it came out because I remember saying you need to see Big Hero Six, and you did. And I'm so glad you did. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it a lot when I. I, I didn't see it until it came out on video and I was able to get it and um and so and then and then just watching it again today before we record I thought I was just like so glad that we were here. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Well, Teresa, I think that's gonna do it for us. Unless- it is. I'm trying to because I forgot to grab our, our list of movies here. So we can jam out to that Fallout Boy thing real quick while I pull this up. I'll be the guard dog of all your fever dreams. <laughs> I don't know what that means. All right. Well, our next episode is going to be over Zootopia. Oh, yeah. And I do love me some Zootopia. I, you know what? I'm interested to talk this one because this got a lot of love a couple of years back, and people were digging it, and I watched it, and I don't know that I have the same fondness for it that everyone else does. So, I mean, it's good. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's, well, there were people comparing it to Lion King. Uh, I wouldn't go that and far. So, I would compare Moana to Lion King. Okay. Well, I can't wait but to get got, to it. We've got two more episodes, Steve. And then and then we move into Pixar land. Yeah, it's the plan. Yeah. So, so, Moana, so not Moana, but uh, Zootopia is next. It is next. So join us on the next episode. Teresa, how can people find us if they want to? All right. You can send us an email to vaulttalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Talk. And you can also join the Gullivers Facebook group by looking for Guardians of the Gullivers on Facebook. You will have to answer a couple of questions before I let you in. So make sure that you pay attention and don't leave that page without answering those questions. You can find us on Twitter at Disney Vault Talk. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ice Cold Penguin. Steve is at Steve Glosson. And you can follow the Gullivers on at I'll go ahead and tell you the easy way to get to that Facebook group is to go to geekoutonline.com slash group. Geekoutonline.com slash group will take you right to the Guardians of the Goldiverse. If you want to support the shows, we invite you to do so by going to Patreon. And you can support the shows directly at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. If you want to, if you can't do that, but you do shopping at places like Amazon or ThinkGeek or Entertainment Earth, uh, especially with the holiday season coming up, use the links that you'll find at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. Now, look, we've got some great Geek Out Loud shirts, and uh, we're getting our Disney Vault Talk shirts ported over to the new store. 
uh, that you can get to by going to geekoutonline.com slash shirts. And uh, I've actually, we've got, we're working on some new Disney, uh, some Disney Vault Talk shirts for you guys that we hope you'll find and pick up as uh, we get that store going over at geekoutonline.com slash shirts. We really want to do well by you guys. If there's something you want to see, reach out to us and let us know, and we'll try to get it done up for you. We've got some special designs coming. I'm really looking forward to what's going on. So those are the ways you can support the show. We appreciate everyone joining us live at mixler.com slash goaliverse. And that's where, if you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, you'll know when we're live and when we're doing these things. So uh, I have been um, so happy to talk this movie. And now I'm going to shut up. So that's it. Until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Teresa. And may all your days be magical. And may all your wishes come true. Teresa, are you satisfied with your medical care? I am. song really does.